0: Wow, Tahir, is that a new phone I see?
1: Yes, Sakina. Just got this on the weekend. How's it?
0: It's so sleek and shiny. Must have cost a bomb, though.
1: It did. But how does it matter? After I paid my final installment of the car loan last year, I don't have any expenses anymore.
0: Huh? But what about your child's education expenses and her wedding expenses as well?
1: Oh, Sakina. Raksar is four years old. There are so many years to go for her college and even more for her wedding.
0: This is where you are wrong, Tahir, and not just you, but millions of others who don't believe in the goal-oriented investing. Do you know, instead of spending so much on things you don't need, if you start investing money now, you will have all that you need for your daughter's education, wedding, and even for your dream house, baby.
1: Um, really? Just by buying a less expensive phone and investing the differential amount, you think I can fund my daughter's education?
0: No. But if you are disciplined and keep investing small, small amounts like these regularly, with the help of compounding, it would definitely become a huge corpus someday.
1: Hmm. And as my salary increases, maybe I can increase my investment amounts as
0: well. Exactly. And the higher your investment amounts, the higher will be your interest and your dividend income and capital appreciation on it. And eventually, the higher will be your corpus.
1: Okay. I won't lie, Sakina. This actually sounds quite promising. I think I should seriously consider starting my investing journey.
0: Of course, but please make sure that you invest in the right channels and only after gaining some preliminary knowledge about investing.
1: (laughs) Absolutely.
2: You are listening to PolicyBazaar.ae's The Policy Project. We've got you covered. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new episode of The Policy Project. I'm Sid, your host for this podcast and your go-to person for all things insurance. Hope you guys are doing well and I hope you're as excited as Tahir upon hearing the power of goal-oriented investing. And why shouldn't you be? After all, we all earn money to achieve our goals. And investing is nothing but earning more money from the help of our already earned money, isn't it? And to shed more light on this hot topic of goal-oriented investing, like always, we have an expert. Please welcome Joseph Terence. He's the business head, life insurance at PolicyBazaar.ae. Joseph, welcome to The Policy Project.
3: Thank you, Seth. Uh, it's really nice to be here and uh, talking to people.
2: Yeah, always a pleasure to have you on board. All right. Should we dive right in? All right. Go ahead. Okay, G. so let's start off with the most basic question, like we always do, which actually comes in from a very famous quote by Albert Einstein. As per him, compounding is the eighth wonder of the world. Our question is what exactly is compounding and how does it work in relation to goal oriented investing?
3: Uh, so, basically, if you look at long term investments, right, uh, compounding is one effect that everybody looks into now. It's a very powerful investment concept what it means is basically you invest money into any of the funds or investment vehicles it right. uh earns an interest if i can say interest uh, interest or whatever gain it makes right so when you look at the power of compounding it's basically the principle that you've invested is gaining interest plus as you gain interest that is also invested and gaining more interest right so uh it's like You have your initial principal and your accrued earnings from the past, which you've got into this. So both of them together start earning and it goes. I mean, mathematically, if I have to put it a simple example. So if you're investing, say, $100,000 probably into a fund or a vehicle, which gives you a 6% return. Right, uh, just assuming because six percent is good these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in a year's time, you make uh, about six thousand dollars on that hundred thousand that you've invested. Correct. Now on the second year, it's actually hundred plus six, which is hundred and six thousand that you invested. Correct. Right? Uh, and at the end of the second year, you get six thousand three hundred and sixty gained. Right. So your total good. investment. At the end of second year becomes twelve thousand three hundred and sorry, 112,360. Right. So as the time increases, you start gaining more money, and that compounds basically. And and I have to put it in a very mathematical way, it is basically so your future value is actually your principal multiplied by one plus the rate of interest raised mm-hmm. to the power of the time you're investing it. Right. I mean, okay. I mean, it's like a snowball effect. You know, it's winters. So if you you go to mountains, you have a small snowball, and you roll it down. It accumulates and grows big, right? And that is the simple thing when you talk about uh, compounding. So let's let's move ahead and
2: let's about financial goals since we are talking about how to grow our money with our money. So if uh, somebody wants to prioritize their financial goals. Can you share your insights on how should one do that? Okay. The first and the
3: basic thing is identify what exactly you want to gain. So you have your set, identify your goals, basically what exactly you want to do. Right. Now create right. a budget. That would be your second step. Right. Uh, hmm. uh, look at your income. What do you, what do you earn and what are your expenses? right then from there once you have your expenses sorted out then you have your uh, saving goals. so you first first portion of the amount that you save is basically for emergency funds uh, right. which means probably about uh, if it's me i would probably have about six months of uh, my salary or my income uh, whatever my expenses are i'll save it as my emergency fund and then then I look at my shorter term, short term goals and long term goals. Now, short term goals is basically, you know, uh, probably I want to go for a holiday with family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to buy a car, so that would be my short term goals, and uh, then. Right. Again, now that would be second thing would be my retirement, uh, uh, children's education or anything like that. That is my long term goal. So I'll, I'll probably invest into this as a thumb rule. You should be act- actually saving about 10 to 20 percent of your income. Now, there is a very famous rule that everybody quotes it's the uh 50 30 20 rule. I mean, everybody has heard of it. So your 50 percent basically you say it's towards your need, which is basically your utility bill, rents, groceries, and all that stuff, Correct. and 30 percent towards your which is your subscriptions, you know, uh, going out uh, for a dinner, your vacations, and your entertainment. And uh, right. 20% should be towards your long term future goals. Uh, it can be a real estate as well, I mean, anything that you think about. Okay, right? okay. Uh, but of course, there are discussions and there are people who do not argue to 50 30 uh, 20 rule. Just because they say, uh, it's like for beginners. Now, as you grow, as as you start gaining money, as you start earning more, you should start saving more rather than increasing your in expenses. So there are two schools of right. thought. But for a basic uh, summary, it's like a 50-30-20 rule can work.
2: Okay. So that's the 50-30-20 rule. But uh, let's talk about... Capital guaranteed products. Okay. So, what percentage of our portfolio should they constitute amongst these 50, 30, 20 wala rule? Uh,
3: so, uh, out of your savings product, uh, mm-hmm. you have a different age group, I, I, I would say, right? I mean, uh, okay. okay if, if I have to just follow a thumb rule, about 50, 60% of your investment should go into a uh, guaranteed product not because it's your saving future, right? And you should know right. what you're getting back. Uh, Now, this would also depend on what your actually age is, right? If you're young, you can afford to take more risk, which means you can invest more into the market funds or, you know, people with riskier solutions. But as you grow old, uh, you won't want to risk that. So you would put more of your money into, you know, guaranteed fund. Actually, you know, okay, you know, I'm retiring in 10 years. So Mm -hmm. at least at this time, I know what I want. At least my principle is safe for that matter yeah, right. it depends on people to people, but uh, if you're younger, you can put more into your uh, market uh, or equities or anything and if you right. grow if you' are, if you're slightly older or you're growing old and you want safe investments, capital guarantees sixty or sixty percent all right and uh, I know you touched upon it a little while
2: back, but uh, I'll ask you again uh, the difference between short term and long-term investments if you can elaborate on that. And what are the best financial products in the markets right now that you'd suggest for each?
3: That is sometimes, you know, very personal, okay? Uh, what exactly, yeah. want, how do you want to divide it and look at it? So, uh, for example, if you have a short-term investment or short-term goal, like you want to buy a car or a vacation, right? You can either save it in a savings account or something that gives you a return in probably about three to five years, right, okay. which matures short-term investments right and and probably which you it's a definite thing right you want to do and you won't do it into a riskier uh, portfolio mm-hmm. and when you at long-term investments it will depend on what is the kind of risk that you want to take for a long-term okay. investment or long-term mm-hmm. investment can be anything like as i said for a retirement or you know probably your uh, I mean, your child going to school or college okay. or anything. Okay. So uh, if you want to invest into that, then you have some gar- guaranteed insurance products. You have unit linked investment products. You have stock portfolios. You have bonds, you have ETFs, or probably real estate and so on. So plenty of options available, depending on right. what exactly you are looking at.
2: Yeah. So Joseph, when we say short term, just for our uh, understanding for our listeners, short term is... Uh the duration is about two to three years is short term or more? And same for long term, is it 10 plus years?
3: Uh, I mean, it depends what you call short term. Now, if, if you want to buy a car in the next five years, that becomes your short term goal. Or you want to go holiday next year, it becomes your short term goal. Now, when you look at a retirement, it can be 10 years, it can be 30 years, it can be 50 years, right? Now, I start investing at 20 and I want, like, okay, I'm going to plan for retirement at 40. So it depends on people to people. For me, it'll be like, okay, I'm going to retire and save another 15 years max. So that'll be my long-term investment goal and probably going for a vacation early next year. That's my short term goal. Fair enough. Fair enough.
2: All right. So next up, what tools or methods would you suggest for regularly tracking progress towards uh, your financial goals?
3: The best way is, you know, to have a personal budget plan, basically. Okay. You monitor your income and expenses and you monitor your goals. So you have invested into certain um, investment vehicles and you monitor, are you actually going towards your, whatever you want to achieve or, and adjust accordingly oh, okay uh, in midway you might also feel that you know, you know add up something you know there's something that additionally comes up and you know I need to plan for that as well so you right. need to adjust your investments and your thought process according to that uh, right. you also need to assess what kind of debts do you had and what are yeah. your repayment plans also so that is also important correct when you talk about financial uh, tools there are a lot of apps and tools available i would rather use an excel sheet which is very simple for me to track my uh, growth and you know monetary tools because i don't know what is the concept behind it so i need to have my own concept or my own thought process behind how i'm tracking right um, right i mean i i won't advise you for a particular app or something but there are plenty in the market which tracks uh, hmm. If not, you also have a financial advisor who you can speak to, uh, I mean, reach out to one of our advisors also who will help you, uh, right. you know, plan whatever you want your goals.
2: It's interesting you, you touched on the topic of apps because the, the next question was going to be about artificial intelligence. Can you discuss the intersection of artificial intelligence, AI, since it, it's across the board, it's, it's coming up everywhere and goal-oriented investing. At yeah. the evolving trends and opportunities, so to speak.
3: Uh, so in fact, yesterday I was listening to an article uh, from Forbes and uh, um, they say the same thing. Everybody's speaking about artificial intelligence days. everything is artificial intelligence. Now they do not know what exactly is that. Most of the hmm. people and they do not know what to do with it. So yeah, it's actually reshaping the way we invest. Artificial intelligence is reshaping the way we invest or probably how your advisors and you know, financial advisors actually help you invest right uh, now what does it do correctly we have a lot of data right available in the market or uh, with our earlier we never used to know what to do with the data right right now the ai thing what it does is basically it uh, it, it uses this data and analysis it does an analysis so it's correct huh. the alternative data that you have it forms algorithms and you know uh, it evaluates a wide range of alternative options that it can give you uh, on how to invest, how not to invest. Uh, Take sometimes takes into consideration the uh, behavioral analysis of you know your client if you if you as an advisor are looking to you know talk to your right. client. It can also help you in your uh, optimization of your portfolios and also do predictive analysis like okay what is going to happen? This was the trend of this particular stock whatever you invested over the period of time. Now there are a couple of you know factors that has come in socioeconomic factors and it can say okay you know by holding it might have a better future or not right uh and in fact, uh, to this day, you have an AI-based uh, robo-advisors for you. There are a couple of apps available, which basically, you know, uh, gives you, okay, why don't you invest into this? It also tells you, okay, you know, this is your profile. Uh, we've looked at your data. looked at your investment behavior, uh, your expenses. You should not be investing into risk care funds, or you should be investing into risk care funds. It advises that. So this is all data based on intelligence that is gathered by the data that uh, is available for you. So, uh, Joseph, you spoke about
2: capital guarantee products. Now, how do Takaful products shape up with regards to that?
3: So, in Islamic principles or Sharia principles, if you look at, uh, as per Islam or as per the the religious books, the only only thing that we can guarantee uh, which, which is certain is basically death. Nothing apart from right. that is guaranteed, right? So, I, 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 I mean, what my belief is basically, if, if, if you look at the principle of Sharia, I cannot guarantee you a fund, an investment fund. Uh, I should not. I mean, So, only thing that I can guarantee is debt benefit. But uh, rather than everything else is basically invested into the market and into a Sharia-compliant product. Okay. All right.
2: And let's let's move on to the last uh, question before the AMAs. Uh, Joseph, how do psychological factors such as investors' behaviors and emotions influence the success of goal-oriented investing?
3: That's a good one. Uh, okay. There is a lot of study happening in uh, various parts of the world, which basically, I mean, okay, related to behavioral science and uh, behavioral finance, uh, which basically recognizes that, you know, the emotions or your personal bias or other factors can play a significant role uh, when it comes to investments. And, uh, it can actually lead to deviations from your traditional way of, you know, uh, investments or the financial principles that uh, probably our parents used to follow. Uh, just a simple example. I mean, emotions like you have fear or greed. It can drive people into an impulsive decision and personal biases, like uh, you know, things which uh, they assume. Now, overconfidence can actually lead people into you know overestimating their ability to invest or looking into things and uh, make actually accurate investments or predictions basically. So emotions, yes, it does play a important role, depending on which plays are you As I said, fear or overconfidence or what so in all, I would say that you know have an investment advisor who is a third party uh, or an expert, and the take his advice on how to invest, and then invest. I mean, it's just not one single person you should talk to. You should talk to multiple people and invest, I mean, If you're looking at uh, uh, gaining money, but again, at the same time, don't take an emotional decision while you're in, uh, investing. You know, today morning I feel bad, and then I like, okay, now I need to save for my retirement. I have hundred thousand dollars. Let me put it here. Okay, that probably for me would be a bad investment uh, because I am taking an emotional decision at this moment. Also, I feel educate yourself. Yes, that is more important. So uh, everything is available as we spoke earlier. AI and all those things. Yeah, you know, so much of so many tools available. There's so much of analysis available on how the portfolio is going to perform or how it has performed earlier, and what are the economic, socio-economic situations that is going to happen. Now, take your decisions based on those factors rather than you know, okay, I feel good, so let me invest. I feel bad, so let me, invest. it should not be an emotional decision. It can be an emotional decision when it comes to a little bit of money, but if you're putting a huge amount of money into investments, uh, I think uh, you should not take an emotional uh, decision. It should, it should be purely an analytical
2: uh, decision that you should take. And if we're talking about compounding, then you need to also be patient. All right. That was pretty insightful. And uh, ab, thank you so much, Joseph. Uh, let's move on to our next segment. It's called Ask Away. Now, here we take up FAQs by our lovely listeners and respond to them with the help of our experts. So, if you too are an inquisitive and curious learner like myself, and you've got questions about finance and insurance, then don't hesitate. Just ask away. Slide into our DMs on Instagram, follow us on Policy Bazaar UAE, or reach out to us via any of our other social media channels, and we'll try our best to answer your questions in the next episode. So, today... We shall be taking up questions related to goal oriented investing that we received in our inbox. So, Joseph, ready with your answers for our ask aways? All right. So the first one, Madim is asking, why should we invest on a regular basis? Shouldn't we do it only when the market is performing poorly so that we can get investments at a low cost and make some profits when those investments are realized?
3: Interesting. Indeed. So, you know, I think this can be a continuation from my uh, previous questions or the previous session that we had. Uh, Yes. Okay. uh, Do you have emotional decisions? (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) what happens in the market is basically people do not know so much about a market. So they buy when it is high, when it is going up and like, okay, it's going up, let me buy something. And then all of a sudden it's going down and they oh let me sell it. So when you look at I mean, Mazin, so your question is basically oh, why don't we invest when it is low and why don't we sell when it is high? Uh, how do you know it is low and how do you know it is high? Right? Uh, people end up buying high and selling low, uh, lose right. all the money. So that, that's the usual thing. Uh, I and mean, okay, right. I mean, If you have about 100k to invest, would you do that? My best advice to you would invest regularly, have a systematic plan to save. Uh, I mean, you would have heard of a concept called dollar cost averaging. Which means invest into anything on a regular basis. Don't look at whether it is going up and down. In a long term, you will get money for sure. I mean, you're not know, going to lose. Market's growing every day. True, true, true. Right. I think that's answer. In the meantime, if even if the market
2: goes down, then automatically you're buying more. Yeah, you're buying more. Yes. Okay. Now Hafiz has the next question, and this is one of those questions which all of us out here in the UAE are uh, you know prone to asking and we we feel it right at the bottom of mm-hmm. our hearts okay so between debt repayment and investing
3: how cool. should we allocate our funds uh I, I would say the basic principle or basic thing that you would look at is uh, what is the interest rate on your debt and what is the rate of return you're expecting out of your investments right if you if you compare okay if you have a debt like a credit card i would say pay off that first because it, it basically has yeah. a huge interest rate like probably about uh, 30 40 percent uh, yearly so uh, i i don't think so keeping your credit card money there or you know investing rather than clearing off your credit card would help you in any yeah. which ways i would mean, this might look like a theoretical advice but uh it's not very easy to practice right okay uh even People who have been investing or doing this for many, plenty of years find it difficult to you know, distinguish between whether I should pay my debts or, uh, you know, invest. invest. It, it actually depends on the investment, investor's behavior, actually. Uh, if, if, you, if you look at very aggressive kind of uh, asset allocation and you are estimating that, you know, uh, your investments would grow at a certain percentage. uh. uh which is higher than your debt payment like debt payments and right. credit card of course but for example a car loan or housing then investment right. is a, it, it is a better option on an average what people say is if your debts are more than six to seven percent debt percentage of interest six uh, to seven percent then you should think of paying debts first and then uh, investing but i would suggest you know uh, have a clear distribution between how much you want to pay keep paying the minimum of the uh, sum that is required and invest also unless your interest on your debt is very high like a credit card yeah so the bottom line is basically if you're uh, if you're paying more interest on your debts than you expect out of your investments then pay the debts if it is the otherwise invest uh simple i think interesting uh, but it's it's again person to person what is their uh what do you call that uh, opportunity costs that they have okay Rukhsar
2: has the next question and uh, she's asking, what is the importance of periodic adjustments
3: to a goal oriented investment plan? Anything finance requires adjustments when it is long term. As time passes by, you would have different new things that come up your way, right? Now you've planned for your child education, as uh, I gave you an example earlier. And then as you go probably five years down or next year, you might also think, okay, you know, I need to think of, I've only plan for his bachelor's degree no i should plan for his masters masters as well yeah or probably you know i should also start thinking about my retirement so as time goes your investment goals also change and you have to adjust according to that right or probably tomorrow you have more money coming in your salaries doubled Want to save more mm. retire early you know uh, so many factors. So, uh, yes, you should look at what your investment goals are and just uh, periodically. And periodically means you can do it, it. It can be months in whatever periods you want to look at. But annual review of your portfolios and your investment goals is a good good way to work. Kaleem has the next question. What does the phrase cost of delay mean with regards to investing? Interesting. Interesting. Uh, so, so there is an opportunity cost for every investment that you make or every debt that you have, right? Okay. Now, if you, if you look at your long-term investment goals, uh, it, is, it is always better that I start investing now or rather than, you know, start investing after five years. We spoke earlier about the snowball yes. effect or the power of compounding, right? Yes. So right. in power of compounding, you have... So if you look at your... Your principal multiplied by one, uh, one straight raised to the power n, right? Which is your uh, term. Now, as the term yes. decreases, and decreases. Uh, your principal or the future, in, uh, the gain that you're getting out of future actually reduces. So that is actually a cost right of uh, delay. A- as you invest early or for a longer period, the more you gain. Mm. Uh, I think that's as Correct. simple as that.
2: Okay, well said. And finally, Noshida, she wants to know, how can philanthropic goals be integrated into an investment strategy? And are there any specific investment vehicles designed for such purposes?
3: That's an interesting question. When people are looking at aggressive investments and gaining, having a philanthropic uh, goal and integrating that with your investment goals uh, becomes challenging at times, but okay, it, it is not so much as So, if you look at a lot of people wealthy people or people who are, who have some kind of thought of having investment into your social or environmental goals have started aligning their resources right. or you know investments into such kind of vehicles now earlier it used to be with only the affluent people but i think now everybody is looking at that now uh, if you ask me do you have certain vehicles currently doing that I, I do not know of much maybe i am I'm, I'm just a little bit ignorant on that but uh, okay. okay my my uh, take would be align your investments with the social en- or environmental goals and allocate a portion of your resources that mm. actually goes into your traditional way of philanthropy. actually you know? uh, so you do both ways what happens basically you actually invest into a direct uh cause through a direct traditional way and also leverage your investment into companies which basically um companies when it's it our funds are you know uh stocks which is basically on renewable energy green real estate or social enterprises and and that also helps you positively change uh both ways. So, so it is basically you invest directly one way, and second, mm. invest your money into companies, which is basically into social costs. Uh, it's a double leverage, basically, right? Right. You should actually research on uh, impact of investments and uh, look into funds that uh, or funds or companies which have a positive social or environmental impact. There are companies out here in which. Uh, or globally which uh, invest heavily into renewable energy and you know green kind of thing or social enterprises in india definitely you have a lot of companies uh, correct or most of the companies which do a lot of csr activities and all that stuff so even even some funds sure. where we say uh, you know portion of that is going into uh, social activities or one percent or say 0.5 percent or 0.2 percent whatever it is uh, so yeah uh, i cannot name any investment to make, but yeah, there are many available in the market. Perfect,
2: Noshida, Hope you got your answer. Thank you so much, Joseph. All right, then this brings us to the end of this segment. But don't go just yet. If you have any questions about financial wellness and insurance, then simply ask away. DM us on Instagram, follow Policy Bazaar UAE, or reach out to us via any of our other social media channels, and we'll try our best to answer your queries in our next episode. For now, though, I hope we're updated with our goal-oriented investing knowledge. We shall meet again in the next episode with more informative and insightful content, along with our lovely experts. Thank you so much for this delightful conversation, Joseph. Pleasure, as always, having you on board. Thank you so much uh, for having me here. And it's always a pleasure talking to you. (laughs) Thank you. We wish you the very best. And uh, along with our lovely listeners, it's uh, time for wrap up. So... That's it for today's episode. See you in the next one. Till then, take care and stay tuned. You were listening to PolicyBazaar.ae's The Policy Project. We've got you covered.